to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast again today. It is Worship Wednesday. Today is the day. It's good to have all of you back, all of the worshipers, all the worshipers in the house. I know that, um, you know, just by looking back over the podcast, that it's not obviously just like worship leaders or singers or band members that, that listen to the Worship Wednesday podcast. I know I pretty much, you know, everybody's listening to this episode Um, And I appreciate that. This one that we're doing today, as you know, we take these days to really focus on the subject of worship and praise. And um, today I'm going to talk about, as you saw in the title, something that 99% of worshipers never do. Obviously, that is not from an actual poll. <laughs> I didn't, uh, you know, actually take the time to poll all worshipers and found that 99% of them don't do this. But, you know, my reason for putting that as the title is that, you know, I have been to thousands of churches. I've been in tens of thousands, I'm sure, of church services. I mean, like so many. Since I was two weeks old, I've been going almost every night. Um, I may be, you know, tens of thousands, maybe exaggerating it a bit, but you know, it's, it's probably close to 10,000 at this point. And I've experienced all kinds of things in church and, um, many, many different kinds of worship services. So I wanted to talk about this because it's something that I don't see happening very often, but it's something that the Bible commands. And so I wanted to talk about this thing that 99% of worship leaders and worshipers never do that we need to be doing because it is a um, a command from God. And it's also a defining characteristic of people that are filled with the Spirit or living by the Spirit's power, if you will. So we're going to talk about that today. So I want you to take a minute and just share this episode with people that you know that are involved. Here's the deal. You might be involved in worship in some capacity at your church or in a ministry. Um, If you're a believer, you're called to be a worshiper first. In fact, that's what we were created to do is to worship and have fellowship with God. So no believers exempt. Every one of us is a worshiper first. You know, before we're anything else, we are worshipers. So I want you to take a minute and share it with somebody that doesn't know maybe about this podcast yet. You know, we we have people that um, are very faithful to listen. I mean, it's insane how faithful people have been to listen to this podcast. And I really, really appreciate all of you guys that I consider the podcast family that are every week consuming these episodes. But, um, you know, maybe take a minute with somebody that doesn't know about this podcast yet. Somebody that's never heard of this podcast that you know, uh, maybe it's popping into your mind, somebody that you know that these would really... Um, help them and bless them, share it, you know, text them a a picture of the, 
you know, the link that we put on Instagram or Facebook, or, you know, you can even text them the link to the podcast itself and uh, they can check it out. But I would, it would mean a lot to me. And I really appreciate you guys sharing it with others. Um, I always, always appreciate every week seeing all the shares on social media means a lot. So today this, this subject of what 99% of worshipers never do uh, is not going to only apply to uh, worship leaders or people that sing in church or play in church. However, I'm going to use that media, excuse me, that medium as an example um, to get this point across to you today so that you can see exactly what I mean when I'm talking about this. So I want you to look, if you take notes, I don't know how you guys listen to podcasts. If you take notes or you're just listening on the go, um, mark it in your heart, if, it, if at all possible, and remember this verse and write it down. I'm going to read you about five or six verses here from Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going to read you verses 15 through 20, and then we're going to talk and break this down a little bit. But the Bible says, uh, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. So now it's going to break down how wise people live. Okay. It, it first, he admonishes us not to live like fools, but like wise people. Then he said, now here's how wise people live. Verse 16, making the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, this is interesting. This next transition is very interesting. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that not an interesting comparison? If you've never seen that before, I mean, it's like, that's not, that's like, you know, people would read that and be like, that seems like apples to oranges versus apples to apples. That doesn't make sense. Um, You know, because you go from talking about being drunk with wine to being filled with the Spirit. But um, if you can see this clearly, the comparison Paul's making here is he's saying that not to intoxicate yourself with natural things, but to intoxicate yourself with spiritual things, become completely intoxicated with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, many of you, if you've been around Pentecostal or charismatic church for any period of time, you've probably heard the term drunk in the spirit or, you know, people got drunk in the spirit or whatever it might be, um, just yielding yourself to the power of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 19, it tells us some of the things that will take place when people are truly yielded to the Holy Spirit or are filled with the Spirit and living by the Spirit's power. Look at that. It said singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, verse 20, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we break down this small passage here in Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 20, it's very interesting that he first admonishes them, don't live like fools, live like wise people. And wise people make the most of every opportunity they have as the days are growing evil. Don't act thoughtlessly. So that means don't be flippant with your life. Be, you know, live on purpose. Make sure everything that you do is done on purpose purpose, that you have a plan and a vision from God that you're carrying out on a daily basis. Don't act thoughtlessly, 
but understand what the Lord wants you to do. That means we have to have a clear understanding of God's plan and purpose for our lives. And then he goes on to say, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So it's very interesting that Paul is is teaching them here that it's very, very important that we are yielded to and following the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then I really want to take the time in this episode to vote, you know, verse 19 is going to really be where we kind of hang our hat on this. It said, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. So if I break that down and you look at those three things, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves, now, if you look at the average worshiper, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, psalms, which would be really, you know, like written songs or, you know, we even have a lot of worship songs in the church that are, you know, derived from psalms that are found in the Bible. And a lot of the lyrics uh, come out of psalms. I actually had a guy ask at our worship summit, he said, how come we don't sing more psalms? Well, we do. There's a lot of worship songs that are written that have psalms. Uh, lyrics based on the Psalms. So uh, that's something that's commanded here that that people do and have done for years. And then you go on to talk about hymns. Well, we've, you know, the the church in the United States of America has uh, sung hymns for hundreds of years. You know, we've had hymns. Europe, you know, we had people from Europe writing hymns hundreds and hundreds of years ago. We still sing them today. You know, at the cross where I first saw the light, uh, amazing grace, uh, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. A lot of these hymns were written hundreds of years ago. In fact, they're so old. Some of these songs are so old that when we sing them now, you know, I grew up loving these hymns. And so I'll still sing them uh, in a lot of services because it's it's something that gets my spirit stirred up um, and others. But I'll, I find the anointing really manifests on these songs. So I'll sing them. You know, I do it kind of a more modern, maybe, way than than the old traditional way. But um, it's funny because a whole generation that's that's around now has never even heard these songs before. Many of them are like, "What was that?" So anyway, I had <laughs> I had this lady come up to me when I was still the music director in Virginia Beach, and uh, I had done that song at the cross. You know, in in our Sunday morning service. You know, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. I did that song. And she said, I went, you know, through the week I was home. She said, I was doing stuff downstairs in our house and I heard my little toddler and her daughter was like two or three years old. Um, and she said, I went upstairs and she was playing with her toys and I listened in at the door and she said, my daughter was in there singing at the cross. And, uh, she said, I walked in, I said, what are you singing? And she said, I'm singing that new song that pastor Ted taught at church last week. She said, it broke my heart to tell her that it was 400 years old, but it's the truth of it is we've had these hymns around for hundreds and hundreds of years. And, uh, so it's, you know, these hymns that have been written, we've sung them and that's commanded in scripture, you know, to sing hymns, uh, and Psalms. But then I want to, I want to really focus in on this third part here, spiritual songs, spiritual songs. Very interesting. You know, a lot of times we would say songs that are directed or governed or inspired by the Holy Spirit. And this is what I want to talk about that 99% of worshipers have never done, but should do. And that is to sing spiritual songs. Well, one of the things that uh, I would say has happened, especially over this last decade 
in the worship world is that obviously we are pressing more than ever before for a standard of excellence. And you see it more and more as, as churches are doing their very best to have the best possible presentation uh, of the gospel every single Sunday, more and more planning is going into uh, these services and scheduling and and administration and planning into these services. Um, and now there are full programs for your computer and your phone and your tablet that can be used to keep all of the teams on the same page. I know many churches, including ours here, um, use a an app entitled Planning Center. And, you know, it's a great, great resource to keep everybody on the same page. You can schedule um, people to be part of the band, singers, whatever, for the week, volunteers. They know when they're on and when they're not on. Um, you can send the songs. You can send the chord charts. You can send the YouTube clips. You can send the MP3s. It really keeps everybody on the same page. And it does what the, the app is called, Planning Center. It's really a place where your team can properly plan and get ready for the upcoming services that are going to happen. And more than ever before, we're doing our very best to be prepared and present the gospel with excellence. Um, you know, even churches now, it's really pretty amazing that churches who don't even have bands, you know, maybe smaller churches that maybe they all, all they have is a, a guitar player or one keyboard player. Um, now with resources like multitracks.com and, um, you know, using things like Ableton or Mainstage. And if you don't know what these things are I'm, I'm talking about, don't worry. It's not the point of the podcast. I'm just making an example here that we have resources that allow us to do what has never been done before in the church world, which is to have a standard of excellence that, um, you know, was never possible before in previous generations. And so we have things that can supplement our actual in-house volunteers. Like if you don't know what Ableton is or, or Mainstage, these are computer programs where you can buy the songs that are on the Christ, on Christian radio. You can buy them and you can buy them that they've already been chopped up so that like, you know, the drums are separated, the bass guitar is separated, the, the guitars are separated, the pianos, and then whatever you don't have at your church, you can play those as backing tracks from a computer or a tablet or even a phone nowadays, um, and they will play with your band. And it sounds like you've got this massive band on the stage, but really you maybe only have two or three people. Um, and you can take out or add to each song whatever you need. Well, all of these resources have been created because people want to operate in the highest level of excellence possible and to have the best presentation of the gospel and environment to worship God that there could be. But one of the downsides to... Um, doing all of this planning. And I don't want you to think I'm against planning because I'm not. I'm not against administration or organization. In no way am I against those things. I think that churches should be more organized, more planned. But here, here's the problem. When you get to that place, if you begin to value planning and organization and administration over the moving of the Spirit then you make a mistake because I've been in situations where the plan or or the, the schedule, um, the administration that took place ahead of time became more important 
then the moving of the spirit so that you know what 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 seems to take top priority in that church or in that service is that the schedule is this followed you know exactly or that we get out at, a, at an exact right time or you know it, it just becomes that's the priority is more of the the human planning aspect and as a result you know the holy spirit's not going to force himself in to do what he wants to do we have to yield to him he doesn't control us and make us do what he wants to do uh we have to yield to his plan and his purpose and then obey his leading and so when i get into this subject of spiritual songs one of the things that many worship leaders uh, might have some uh, intimidation or trepidation about is this uh, thought process of going off script, if I can say it that way, going off script. Like, well, if we do something that wasn't planned, if we do something that wasn't practiced, I mean, that freaks people out to be like, man, uh, what are you doing? You're going to throw a song in that we didn't practice? You're going to throw a song in that we don't have the chord charts and we, don't have, we didn't practice this and nobody know, you know, It freaks people out to deviate from the script. And that is an issue. And I'm going to tell you why it's an issue. Because what if the Holy Spirit gives you an instruction in the moment to obey him and to do something different, sing a different song, or um, you know, if you're in a moment where your pastor is being led by the Spirit and he's doing some um, moments of ministry or something at the end of the service where he's praying for people that wasn't planned necessarily, then what are you going to do? Are you going to just you know sit there with a, a glazed look on your eyes, or are you going to be led by the Spirit and step out and deviate from the script? and do something that the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Now, obviously, as I'm telling you this, it takes dedication, and, and it, it really takes um, you giving your attention to what's going on in the service and, and in the atmosphere. What I mean by that is you can't allow yourself to disconnect uh, when the service is going on, as many, many worshipers do, by the way, and I've seen it so many times. Like you wouldn't believe some of the stuff I've seen to where like, you know, when the band and the the singers are done, you know, it's almost like, well, our part is done. We're out of here. And they'll literally leave the sanctuary and maybe go sit in a green room and drink, you know, uh, Coke and eat, you know, have snacks until it's their time to come back on the platform to finish out the service. I actually talked to one guy one time, he and the band and all the singers when they were done singing, they literally left the church and went to Applebee's <laughs> and had, because they knew that the services were Pentecostal and they were very long. They went to Applebee's, had a full meal, sat and talked, then had dessert, and then got everybody back in the cars and came back to the church to finish the service. I mean, that's like, you can't be, you can't get any more disconnected than that. Um, and I've seen it from a, a lot of different people. You know, you can easily disconnect. You know, you don't have to leave the room. You could literally be sitting in the pew somewhere disconnected, you know, on your phone the entire time, you know, not even paying attention to the preaching or not, you know, the word of God. You can disconnect being in the room. But if you are going to um, press in, and be connected and united with the spirit of the one who's ministering and hear instruction from the Holy Spirit in order to get these, these directions from the Holy Spirit, you have to prioritize what's going on in the moment, what the Lord is doing. And that's part of you know honoring God and honoring what God's doing. Paul, 
encourage the church at uh, Thessalonica to not quench the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't despise prophesyings. He went right down the list, gave them a list of things they should never do. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. When he wants to move, allow him to move and yield to his moving. So you can literally quench the Spirit by not pressing in. You can dishonor what God is doing by disconnecting because it's your responsibility to stay connected and ensure that when it's time for you to go up again and begin to worship. This goes for whether you're part of the team or you're just a worshiper in the pew. You're just a regular believer that's that's a worshiper. You've got to stay connected to the flow of the Holy Spirit to get those instructions and directions from God. Well, what I'm going to go further to talk about is not just the fact that you know you can um get a leading about a song, talking about like a pre-written song, but you can also, which I truly believe this is the uh, most accurate definition here of spiritual songs, is that God will begin to give you a song in the moment, stuff that you've never, ever sang before, things that are coming to you as you're sitting in your seat. Now, as I'm saying that, people are getting freaked out. Literally, it's like, oh my, I can't imagine standing up and just making up a song on the spot and trying to create a chord chart and a chord pattern and and play and sing something that no one's ever heard before. But let me tell you something, you can do that. And by faith, you can step out and you can step into that. And that is what we call spiritual songs. These are songs that were not written previously. These are not songs that, you know, you got out from CCLI and now you have everybody has the chart. This is you flowing by the Holy Ghost and doing something that maybe you've never done before. And I've done it many times. It really is amazing because what ends up happening is in my, in my experience anyway, I'll be sitting there listening to the preaching and then as I'm listening to that revelation that's coming forth. It's almost like a, um, just maybe it starts as um, a declaration comes into my spirit that I repeat over and over again, you know, over and over again. And it doesn't really, you know, here's the thing is when it comes to you, you know, it doesn't matter how simple it is. It doesn't matter if it's repetitive, if it's simple, if it's something the Holy Spirit's giving you to declare over your church then you need to do it. You need to be obedient and do it. And um, I remember I would just sit there and sometimes listen to the preaching and I would feel that, you know, unction come on me and I'd feel the the power of God and I, then I'd begin to hear these different hooks or phrases in my in my mind, declarations that I'd be singing to myself as the preacher is preaching. And um, and as I'm as I'm literally sitting in the seat or just getting ready, you know, those things are coming to me. They're coming to me. And um, in my mind, I'm, I'm starting to like put chords around, like what chords would I play um, underneath that? How would I, how would I play that? And um, then I'm sitting on the front row and it's getting me more and more excited and I'm ready to go up and, and, and take what the, the minister has been given from God that he preached as a message to God's people. And now as he's getting ready to minister to God's people, um, I'm ready to go back up and, and sing that what God's given me. It's a spiritual song. It didn't exist even before the service, but 
I felt the power of God put it in my spirit. So I go back up. And, um, you know, one of the things that I definitely learned from my father is that as you're operating in the spirit, that, you know, you take the first step by faith that God, you know, God doesn't show you, you know, everything that's going to happen for the next 20 years. He gives you piece by piece so that you keep trusting him, keep standing on his word and keep, you know, asking him to take you further. And so he wants to see if you'll be faithful and obedient with the first part that he gives you. Don't forget the Bible says that if you're faithful over a little, that God will make you ruler over much. If you're faithful over a little, God will make you ruler over much. So what little thing has God been giving you that you've not been faithful with yet? That's the question you have to ask. Have you been given spiritual songs at times that you never stepped out to sing? See, that's the other question is that I'm sure many of you listening to this, you're like, man, I've had that happen to me before where I've been just kind of sitting there. And, and then as I'm sitting there, I, I hear that I, maybe I hear a phrase or I hear a melody or something in my spirit and I know I'm supposed to sing it, but you allow yourself to become uh, paralyzed by fear and, and you don't step out to say what God wants you to say or sing even what God wants you to sing. But you have to sing these, not just Psalms, not just hymns, spiritual songs unto the Lord, making melody to the Lord in your heart. So, and here's the other part that's so awesome is that as you do it, it actually builds the faith level of the people that are there in the, in the service because you know, you can tell when something's done by faith and something's done by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you can train yourself to operate in the Holy Spirit. Start, I w- this is how I would do it. Because obviously, if you've listened to me teach for any period of time on the subject of praise and worship, you'll know that you shouldn't wait until the Sunday worship experiences to be worshiping God or to become proficient in that gift. That's something that you need to be developing nonstop so that that when you get to that place, you've heard me say it many times before, you're not called to be a tourist. You're called to be a tour guide, a tour guide. You're the one taking others into the presence of God and you know where everything is. Why? Because you've been there many times before. And so the key becomes knowing God's presence, being in it, being faithful to be in it. It's like when I heard Israel Houghton telling the first time when, um, before he was on staff at Lakewood Church, um, before he got big with Israel Newbreed, any of that stuff, he was telling a story about how he was um, part of a worship band. I think they were in Phoenix, Arizona is where he was at. And um, he was just part of a church as the drummer of the church. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but uh, the worship leader was not going to be there. And the pastor was like, hey, Israel, have you ever led worship before? And he was like, man, maybe like once or twice. He said, well, get ready because you're on tonight. It was like literally he had one afternoon (laughs) to prepare himself. But uh, he said, and all all he knew back then was like five Ron Cannoli songs. And if anybody anybody goes back into the 80s and early 90s, you will remember uh, Ron Cannoli, who was putting out music left and right um, back then. But... He said, I only knew like five Ron Cannoli songs. That's all I had in my in my repertoire. And he said, so I came back that night scared out of my mind. 
He said, and I, and I went up and did my, my Ron Cannoli songs. Everything went great. He said, but then they put me in the uh, position, the permanent position of the worship director, worship leader. He said, so what I did, he said, because I, I was so insecure about this new position. He said, I, I had a, an upright piano in my house and I pulled it out of the living room and into the kitchen where there was, you know, whether it was tile floors, linoleum, I don't know. But he pulled that in to the kitchen. He said, because the the um, the room, it was such a better room with the acoustics for worship in there, you know, better reverb, whatever it was. And he said, literally, he would sit down on that piano for hours and hours and he would play and sing, not to anybody else, but to an audience of one, to an audience of one just to God alone. He would sit there and cry and sing and play and God would anoint him. He wasn't doing it for any person. He wasn't doing it in a church service. Everybody loves to look at what he did with his band, you know, New Breed, and everybody loves to look what he did at Lakewood Church and all the open doors that came to him and say, wow, he was an overnight success. But what you don't see is the fact that he was sitting in a kitchen in a small, whatever, townhouse for hours playing that piano and giving glory unto God. And God promoted him because he saw his private dedication, so he gave him a public reward. That's found in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6. That when you go by, when you go to pray, the Bible says, go behind closed doors and shut the door behind you. And what your father sees you do in secret, he will reward openly. And that's what happened for him. I don't truly believe in, in overnight successes. I believe in people that have um, truly disciplined themselves to do what they were purposed to do. So when I heard him say that. It said, you know what? That's, that's the key right there is that you've got to get uh, proficient in the presence of God, that you have to know the presence of God, that you, ha- you have to be so familiar with it that you can go in and, and be comfortable operating in the presence of God, comfortable operating in the presence of God. And then see, because you're so comfortable and you've been there often, you know, it's much easier for you to get into the spirit, even if other people are there with you in the service. And then you've got to begin to be faithful to sing or to, to play or to say whatever the Holy Spirit would lead you to sing, play, or say. And then you, as you begin to sing those things. So what I used to do is as the pastor was preaching and I'd hear those revelations going, you know, through as he's preaching, it would hit me in my belly and I would take a revelation that he was preaching and it would become to me a a miniature song or a hook or a chorus, whatever it might be. It might be only eight bars, might be only four bars but I was going to be faithful to sing it and declare it. And I would feel the excitement come on me of singing it and declaring it. And, uh, you know, we'd get up there and we, you know, anybody that was with me back then, you'll remember, we just would get up there and we'd sing about the double portion. We'd sing about, you know, uh, impartation, or we'd be singing about victory and God removing our enemies out of our way, whatever was being preached on. I remember that one of the first songs that I ever wrote with Miss Shandell Colbreth I wrote a song that uh, I think she had some words that were a poem first. She brought her poems in in a notebook to, and we used to write together. And she brought her poems in, and there was there was one that 
some of the words really struck me hard. I was like, we got to make a song out of that, uh, out of those words. And we did this song called Worthy. And uh, to us, it was a spiritual song because obviously we wrote it, but the Holy Spirit just gave it all to us at one time. But then we would begin to do that song in service and you would see almost like another level of of power come on the worship when you would do things that the Holy Spirit gave just you as like a custom sound of worship for just your house of worship. You know, it's one thing to sing what everybody else is singing on the radio. It's another thing to get stuff from the Holy Spirit that's aligning with what your pastor is preaching so that everything, you know, it's your praise, your worship are supplementing what the pastor's already been given uh, from God to preach and speak to that congregation. So it literally is uh, the most efficient thing you could do for your worship team. Uh, I'm not saying that every song that you do has to be an original that you got somewhere in the spirit. I'm just saying that it's, it's there's nothing wrong with throwing that stuff in as often as possible. And don't be afraid or ashamed you know, that you're going to be doing that stuff. Step out in faith and let God use you um, to start singing spiritual songs. Because here's the thing. If you want God to use you in a big way doing this kind of stuff, then you have to allow him to use you in a small way to start off. Meaning you can't be embarrassed to just sing that chorus that's come to your spirit right now. You say, well, it's not even a real song. Well, make it a real song. Make it one on the spot and just begin to sing it. See, the only reason, this is going to shake some of you when I say this, but I'm, then I'm going to leave a long, awkward pause so that you can get introspective. Uh, the only reason that we don't do those things when they happen is pride. Still pausing. It's pride. The only reason that we don't step out and do them when God gives them, gives them to us, when we hear them in our spirit, when we're, when we, you know, the moment that we connect with the, with the spirit realm and get that as a download from heaven, the only reason that we don't do it is pride. We care about what are people going to think of me? What if I screw this up? You know, what if, what if I hit the wrong chords? What if I don't know the words and there's awkward dead space? I've had all of those things happen many times, by the way. I, I don't know if you if you're a musician slash singer like you're a musician and a singer. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me is I was in a praise and worship service, and I had just finished a song. We hit the ending, whatever, and then I was doing a key change to go to the next song we were going to sing. And I don't if you understand how the the ear works, my ear. Like I had changed keys with my hands, <laughs> like my keyboard was in, and I was now in another key playing, but my ear was still hearing the previous key. If that makes any sense to you, those of you that are singers and musicians, you know, your ear locks into whatever key you're in and you can just start singing a song in the key for some, I don't know if it was because the new key I went to was like a relative minor of the key I was just in. I don't know what it was, but when I went to it, I, I was playing one key and then I just started singing, like belting out this song to start. And my voice was still in the previous key, even though my hands had changed to the new key. And it was like 
playing in one key, singing in another. It was, and it was so embarrassing. And and uh, my uncle, who was my pastor at the time, he was like, stop, stop. He, cause he already had the mic. He was like, stop, stop, stop. Start it again. <laughs> you talk about embarrassing. I've been embarrassed by the best. And, and, and you just have to get past it. You have to understand like, Hey, I'm human. I can make mistakes. Um, because you know, I'm not God, but at the same time, if I would, let me just say it to you this way so that it never leaves your spirit. 10 times out of 10, I would rather step out and be wrong and miss it than I would to never step out just so that I never missed it. Do you get what I'm saying when I say that? I would rather 10 times out of 10, I would rather step out in faith and be wrong and miss it than I would to never step out in faith just so that I would never miss it. If you don't take the step of faith to step out and do what God's giving you, you'll never know whether it was wrong or right. And that's a frustrating way to live. That is a rough place to be as a worshiper. No, we're called not to just sing psalms and hymns, but also spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts to the Lord. So I want to encourage you, maybe start this at home. You know, maybe as you're listening to preaching or the podcast from the previous week from your pastor or whatever it might be, tune in on that, like in your spirit, try to get where he's going, get the flow and begin to develop as the Holy Spirit gives them to you, like spiritual songs, spiritual songs. And I know God will use you. Let me pray for every one of you listening. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would give every one of these worshipers a boldness and a meekness where they don't care what anybody thinks of them. They don't care about pride falls to the wayside, meekness and humility, which cause us to increase are taking hold today. But Lord, give us spiritual songs. Open our spirits. Let us hear the songs of heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for it and we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Listen, as we're getting ready to end this episode, let me encourage you, if you've not yet registered for Worship Summit, our conference that we do here, free conference that we're doing here in South Florida, May the 7th through the 10th of 2019, and it's literally free. You don't have to pay anything to come. All all you have to pay for is your travel, food, lodging, and you can come to the conference. 18 free sessions. Listen, invest in your gift. Invest in what God's placed into you. If you want to get better at anything, if you want to advance and develop at anything, you've got to be willing to invest. You know, I was just recently doing a bunch of study on uh, on blogging and writing articles. And of course, any of you that know me know that I love to write. And uh, I was looking at, I've been doing a ton of research on writing articles and blogging. And you know, if you want to do it successfully, there's a way you've got to do it. So rather than trying to figure out how to do it yourself for 20 years, talk to the people that have done it for 25 years that are killing it right now. And there's this guy that I follow, his podcast and his blog, he's been doing it for years and years and years and understands the ins and outs and can teach and impart that wisdom to get rid of the frustration. But you know what's interesting, the course, his online course that he sells to learn all the ins and outs of how to run a successful blog, it costs $800 to take the course, $800. 
So you have to make up in your mind, like, do will I invest in my skill set? Will I invest in my gifts and my talents? Will I, uh, uh, will I invest in what God has called me to do? That's what Worship Summit is. Even though the conference is free, it costs you money to get here to stay and be a part of it, but you're investing into your future. So I want to encourage you to go to southeastworship.com southeastworship.com and sign up and register you and your team uh, for the summit and bring them to sunny South Florida in the middle of May 7th through the 10th you will not be sorry and then on the final night this uh, live concert that we're doing I'm so pumped up about it we need more Holy Ghost praise and worship more than ever before so we want to invite you to be a part of it it's going to be phenomenal listen I love you guys And until next week, don't forget, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. Talk to you soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com.